You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On a Tuesday edition here of the Locked On Utes podcast, we're going to listen to Kyle Whittingham's comments as he spoke to the media on Monday or perhaps more accurately, lack thereof, as Kyle was rather cagey in terms of his commentary and information being shared before a huge game against Oregon. We'll also talk about world star Dave lighting the world on fire as the University of Utah men's basketball team defeated Bethune-Cookman on Monday night. I'll hear on a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Utes podcast for November 16th, 2021. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as is with tradition on Tuesdays, we listen to Kyle Whittingham as he preaches to the media in his Monday press conference. This was a little bit of a different press conference for Kyle Whittingham as he was... Let's say that he wasn't exactly uh, forthcoming with a lot of information, as you'll hear uh, coming up right now. Okay, uh, last regular season road game uh, last weekend. Um, wasn't our best outing, but uh, another solid performance on offense. I thought we played really well on offense. Uh, nearly 470 yards, total low. Zero turnovers, uh, 38 points. 38, I think it was 38. And uh, just we're really on a, a really consistent path right now offensively, which has been really good. That's that's been uh, a very obviously positive part of of, uh, of uh, the last seven games. Um, defensively, it wasn't our best. wasn't awful. Uh, 320 something yards. Um, it was like 22 points when you take away the block punt because that doesn't go on the defense. Um, and so did just soften the run early. That was that was the that was the thing that really was uh, the biggest concern early in the game. We didn't play the run very well. Uh, special teams had another huge mistake uh, in the pump protection. Fortunately, didn't cost us the game. But uh, you'd think we'd have that solved by now, but apparently we didn't. And so back to the drawing board with that. I got to coach it better, and uh, we got to find a way to, to protect our punter. Um, Oregon coming up, good football team, really good football team. Um, you know, top four, three or four in the nation. Um, tons of talent across the board. Uh, the defensive end, both defensive ends actually, are tremendous players. The linebacker, uh, quarterback's a big, strong kid, runs the ball well. Uh, offensive line is, is talented. Skill positions are loaded and uh, doing a good job running the football. So we got our work cut out for us. Got them at home, which is a, a good thing. We're hoping Rice Eccles is, is rocking and everyone gets there early and gives us that uh, great home field advantage. And uh, so that's where we're at. Questions? What specifically went wrong on the punt? How does it compare to what went wrong before the state? Okay, well, we were uh, too deep with the punter's alignment, which allowed you know the geometry of the whole thing where the shield sits. You want your launch point to be at a certain spot, so the outside rushers can't bend around. It's too tight of an angle, so we were we were a little messed up there. Uh, we blew a protection on the left side. Um, we were supposed to block a gap, and we only blocked 
uh, half a gap, I guess you could say. And so that was the issues. But the ball came out in right around 2.0, which is about where you want it. You know, that's 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 uh, pretty typical for a for a uh, get off time and punt. But uh, we just uh, haven't done a good enough job coaching it. That's the bottom line. No more, no more injury talk. Uh, even with season ending, because now that we're a week or two away, it doesn't make sense to tip the opponent at all. So we hope for the best, but uh, there'll be no injury updates the rest of the season. That's consistent with how we've operated the last several years. As we get down to the end, uh, we just kind of shut that off completely, uh, even the season ending stuff. But we hope to have uh, more people available this week than we did last week. We'll see. Yeah, he's been a big plus for us. Uh, I didn't realize he was that high in the country uh, yards per carry, but four carries for 106 yards in the game before will help, help that average. But but uh, TJ is a, a, a very good running back. Um, you know, when Tavion's healthy, we, you know, Tavion's obviously a, another great weapon for us. But uh, TJ has been running hard. He's done a nice job uh, in all phases, not just carrying the football. He's, he's excellent, probably our best running back at pass protection. And that's, that's huge because uh, he's so good at picking up blitzes and, and protecting Cam. Um, he's also a good receiver out of the backfield, even though he's dropped a couple. You know, in practice, he's got tremendous hands. He's just had a couple drops in games that, that are uncharacteristic of him. But uh, as far as him uh, running the ball, He's just starting to come into his own, and the offensive line is obviously doing a great job of uh, opening up holes and, and providing space for him. He's not the biggest kid, but he's he's really thick and tough. He's about 5'8", but he's 195 pounds and, and great quickness, quicker than he is fast. Not that he doesn't have good speed, because he does, but his quickness is outstanding. Uh, given <clears throat> the opponent and what is still at stake for you guys, does this feel like more than just another Nope, they're all the same. We treat them all the same. We prepare the same exact way. It's meaning structure, practice structure, uh, everything. And that's how you have to do it in the Pac-12, because if you don't, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're going to get beat if you're not ready to go. And so we approach it the same exact way every single week. Now, you've obviously seen Kalen Thibodeau before, Pac-12 championship other times, but... Is he a type of player that you know you can replicate with that offensive line and, and being able to know how he works? And how do you feel like you can Re match up against him? Replicate in practice? In the sense of like replicating based off of like how you've seen different players. Is there anything that you can kind of cobble together that way with how he plays? I just know he's really good and real explosive, and uh, he's got the whole package. You know, they say he's a top five pick, maybe the top pick in the draft. He's got height, six five plus. Uh, 260, great get off, and that's really the the key to an edge rusher is get off. That's the number one uh, criteria that you look for in an edge rusher, and the number one asset that an edge edge rusher uh, really needs to be a great one. And so he's and he's athletic. I mean, he could play linebacker if, if they wanted him to play linebacker. He could very very easily do that. Um, to replicate him in practice, uh, I know that wasn't part of your question, but that's impossible. You know, if we had that guy, then that guy would be leading the nation in sacks. And so uh, we just don't have that guy right now. An off-field question about Nick Ford. Obviously, this season you've kind of put him in a lot of different areas um, on the field, and that kind of maybe speaks to his selflessness as, as a person. And I'm kind of curious, off the field, how do you sort of see his selflessness and giving nature kind of permeate throughout the team? 
Yeah, he's the same way off the field as he is on. He's he's a great teammate. Um, he's come a long way since he's come into the program. He's he's uh, you know he was uh, you know a young freshman that was kind of a wild onion when he got here, but uh, he's really settled in and, and become a a, a very mature uh, leader for us. Um, he can play, as you mentioned, all the, all the spots. Does so without complaining. Uh, I believe that's going to help him at the next level. Yeah, that versatility and being able to have that, you know, alignment alignment that can play all five spots is something that, uh, you know, that uh, makes your value go up. Kyle, uh, Travis Dye seems to be one of those really dynamic backs who can catch it and run it. How, what, what, what are some of the things that stand out to you when you watch him? Exactly what you just said. He's a, he's a dual threat. You know, he can run the football from the backfield. He can catch it out of the backfield, and uh, he's lightning quick. And uh, he's a he's a weapon for him, and he's uh, he's a good player. And we always have to have him accounted for and understand that uh, he can run routes out of the backfield and make sure we got the the coverage uh, in place that can hopefully handle that. Mario Cristobal obviously has good offensive line, kind of what he's known for. But what what do you see from him that kind of makes him so successful, especially recruiting? In a word, recruiting. That's what it's all about at this level. And if you recruit the right way, uh, then you got a chance. They've done an outstanding job recruiting over the last several years, uh, doing a great job this year as well. And uh, tough to outcoach good recruiting. And that's what they're. Uh, that's what they've been doing. And they're, that's why they're winning so many games. Not not to take anything away from them as a staff, coaching wise, but the number one criteria is recruiting, talent level. So that's the first part of the Kyle Whittingham uh, press conference with the media. Some interesting uh, conversation there. Instantly shuts down any kind of conversation about injuries. Uh, I found that to be very interesting and just in the general sense that, uh, you know, um, maybe they've done that before, but the week that they chose to do that and and specifically with uh, kind of the injuries that were happening um, you know, on the field, I, I, Nick Ford was on local radio talking about how he was just cramping up. There were rumors that maybe he wouldn't be able to go. Paul Miley injured. Uh, Keaton Bills is kind of on the uh, the the floating list right now. We didn't see Tavion Thomas, but he is expected to play against Oregon. So that was the big thing that stood out to me. The conversation about TJ Pledger, very interesting. Talked about how he's the best pass protection uh, running back that they have. I don't disagree with that. Uh, you know, I think early season struggles, Utah kind of got got nicked by that a little bit. And I think that's part of the reason why they started using the tight ends a little bit more in pass protection. Uh, also, it does help that Utah's offensive line improved with that and Cam Rising as well. But Pledger, without a doubt, the best pass protecting back that they have on the roster. I think uh, Tavion Thomas and, and McCoy Bernard, while effective, um, still needing some room to grow with that one. But you can tell from Kyle's comments that uh, you know he is locked down this week, and he's not going to he's not going to give Oregon anything. Uh, he was very effusive in in, in his praise of them. Uh, very quick to remark what it is that makes Mario Cristobal so good recruiting, uh, and not to take anything away from them as a coaching staff, which I agree. You know that they. They what they do better than everyone else in the conference right now is recruit, and it's making a huge impact. I think in both the national recognition that they get and the way that they're playing and how they are consistently at the top of the conference. And very careful comments from Kyle Whittingham there in the first part of the interview. And before we get to the second part about uh, Kyle Whittingham's press conference, I want you to visualize something. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it. The championship is yours. 
but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. I work for a small business. We're working to expand right now for my day job. Uh, it, this is something that is is critical for us to, in order to compete with the bigger companies that we have to be nimble and able to get things done. Uh, so NetSuite is something that fits in perfectly for what we're looking for. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash NCAA. If you haven't heard about prize picks by now, I wonder where you've been living. It is daily fantasy made easy. It's one of our favorite things to talk about here on the podcast because they're a leader in college sports daily fantasy. What I love about prize picks is that you can pick more college football props than anywhere else on the planet. They allow you to pick between the stars of the Power Five as well as the G5. Like, for example, if you were to go and select Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky, who has thrown 42 touchdowns this year, that might be a pretty good selection. He's only thrown seven interceptions, too, so you know that something's cooking over there at Western Kentucky. And the best part about it is that if you know that, you can win because it's not you going up against some dude in the basement that's been staring at stat sheets for the entire year. It's just you versus the numbers. They offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Once you make your deposit, just use the promo code Locked On to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, that promo code is locked on. Price picks allows mixed sports entries, so you can go football, you can go basketball, you can go whatever it is that you want to pick. You can find the app in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Just a snap of a finger. Prize Picks is safe, offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use that promo code locked on to get your 100% deposit match up to $100 and go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks, that is daily fantasy made easy. Back here on the Locked On Utes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day, as we are free and available on all platforms. We're back here to talk Kyle Whittingham as he opens his press conference. Well, he are, we already listened to the first part of his press conference. We're going to listen to the second half here. Again, a very uh, tight-lipped. I mean, he went for 15 minutes, so it's a pretty good interview from Kyle, but uh, you know, very careful about what he's saying. Here's the second half of, of his press conference uh, from Monday. What do you think about uh, when you think about games against Oregon since you've been in the Pac-12? What kind of stands out about some of the games you've had? Yeah, we've had some good uh, back and forth. I'm not sure what our overall record is with them. It's probably sub-500. I can't – do you know what it is? I don't know what it is. We went up there one uh, a few years back and, and got them pretty good. Uh, we beat them here, what, two or three years ago, four years ago? I can't remember. Uh, we haven't played them, obviously, every year because, you know, with the rotation – uh, you miss two of the North teams uh, each year. But uh, they're always talented. They're always, uh, you know, just uh, 
tough matchups. They're tough matchups uh, every single year. Yeah, good player, really good player, and tough kid. Uh, and the and the quarterback is an outstanding runner as well. I mean, he's he's uh, one of the primary reasons that that run game goes. Is the quarterback is six three, two thirty, or whatever. But but you're right. Uh, the other kid, the freshman kid, is is starting to hit a stride. They certainly miss uh, the Verdell kid, but we're all everyone's injured in the whole country. Everyone's got guys they miss, and so uh, they've done a nice job of of having guys step up and uh, pick up the slack. I know that a lot of heads have been said about Kayvon Thibodeau, but they also have a really good backer Mm -hmm. Sure do. Um, I, I know you guys were, were really high on him trying to get him to come to Utah. Just what, what stands out about his game? Uh, just, you know, everything. He's got great size, like 260 pounds, and moves like a cat. And so guys that big just typically don't move that well. Um, but he is uh, outstanding with his lateral movement, his quickness. He's instinctive. Uh, he's a big play guy. Always seems to be around the ball. Always. And... Uh, He's just the, you know, what you look for in a, in a middle linebacker is he embodies. I mean, he's got the whole package. Obviously, you know, I, mean, I think if you look at, like, the, the money lines or whatever, you're expected to be Arizona by uh, quite a bit. Would you rather have more of a game with a lot of adversity going into a game like Oregon? Or, or how, how does that kind of shake out? Does it matter? Or? I don't think it matters in particular. I think you build off and, and – uh, and uh, try to maximize whatever happened in the previous game and try to learn. And you learn in each game no matter what the uh, outcome or how things went down. And so I think the key is that you always find something that uh, you can teach and teaching moments and, and making your guys better. So I don't think there's any one desirable outcome that you'd like, but uh, except for a win. I mean, that's that's what you desire. But but as far as how you win, uh, there's there's uh, – there's a, a lot of positives that you can find and teach. And that's when they, the team is at its most teachable is after wins. You know, they, sometimes they get fragile after a loss. And so after a win, uh, you can coach them a little bit harder and, and uh, point out what, uh, what needs to be corrected. Kyle, your team has <clears throat> progressed as this conference play has, has gone on third down defense and been able to make a lot of strides in that area. What, what do you feel like is kind of keyed that progression and, and the strides to where you guys are at the top of the conference in third down defense? I would say the, the development of our freshmen. I think they're getting better each week. Uh, you saw Cole Bishop play a, a great game last week. Van Fillinger plays, seems to play well every week. Uh, junior uh, Tafuna is, is playing well. And so I think it, the, the primary reason for that is we're starting to grow up at uh, a lot of the positions and, and uh, get better and more consistent play. And the offense has gotten better at third downs as well during the course of the year. And, and really the thing that has been a huge plus is the offensive red zone production. That just seems to be getting better and better. And that really was the difference in the game. Saturday is uh, Arizona's one for four in the red zone and we're five out of six. And that You do the math and that's the difference. <clears throat> so is the run defense improving enough given the challenges you're probably going to face here? Because you've talked this a couple times in September about getting manhandled or yep. We hope so. We'll find out. Every week's a test, and this will be, uh, you know, obviously on paper our biggest test of the year. So we'll see where we stand. Kyle, what is it that you're most confident in right now about your team? Uh, well, I would say the uh, 
the chemistry. I know that's not a great answer. It's not it's not tangible, but or, or a, a statistic or whatever. But but the chemistry, the way they're enjoying what they're doing, their work ethic, uh, they're having fun playing together, and uh, it all comes from great leadership. And I think that's the the most key thing that we got going for us. Why are they so? Why is the offense so much better in the red zone? Well, we've worked hard at it because we weren't good early in the year. You know, we had our struggles. And so it's always a point of emphasis, but it became even more a point of emphasis uh, as, uh, as the struggles emerged. And uh, guys are starting to get confidence down there now. And uh, obviously the uh, emergence of Tavion, a big back in the red zone, helps you out. And I think Andy's done a really nice job of putting together the red zone packages and keep things mixed up and, and be less predictable. Well, it's completely focused on Oregon right now. We're not looking at anything beyond that. Um, like I said, it's going to be a, a normal work week, a normal uh, schedule for our guys. But but uh, the key to these last couple of weeks is to take them one at a time and not get ahead of ourselves. No reason to get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, this week we got you know one of the top teams in the country coming in. The fact that you might play the same team twice in three <laughs> weeks is not lost on the fan base, and I think they might assume. I guess there's some merit to that. I don't. Uh, coaches don't think that way, you know. At, at least we don't. And and uh, but you're right. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We got work to do. We're, we're you know we haven't done anything yet that's that's uh, set in stone. You know we still got uh, football that we need to play and, and games we need to win. But but uh, that scenario could very well play out. In 2019, you only lose one game to win the South. I mean, do you see that similar this year, knowing that Arizona's really still keeping pace, or Arizona State's still keeping pace with you? Okay, say that again. So in 2019, mm -hmm. you could only lose one game or else you didn't win the South. Right. Similar situations going on right now. Do you, do you have a track that? Do you feel the pressure with that, or how does that work? Well, we got a game up lead on Arizona State, and really, uh, you can almost say two games because we have the tiebreaker. And so it's a little different scenario than what we had in 19. But we're in the same exact spot conference record-wise right now with just the one loss. But but uh, not quite as tight at this point in time as it was uh, in 19. Any questions? Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. See you Saturday afternoon. What time's kick? 5.30? Probably the best part of that whole press conference was Kyle Whittingham having to be reminded what time kickoff is on Saturday. I feel like he likely has other things on his mind, perhaps Travis Dye, perhaps Kayvon Thibodeau, as he talked about both of them uh, quite heavily. Uh, talked about Nef uh, Noah Sewell, Nephi's little brother. So an another fun little storyline to this week, although there's a ton of them. And you know, I think the way that he described Kayvon Thibodeau was – both effusive and also somewhat uh, desirous, I think. You know, just the fact that he said, my favorite part about it, that whole thing was just, you know, well, if he played it here, he'd be number one in sacks. Like, <laughs> like duh. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I feel a little bit better about my lapses or my forgetfulness when Kyle Whittingham's doing the same thing, although he does have a few more years on me. And, you know, he, he is still the, the re – the recall that he has the ability to pull statistics and everything like that is just absolutely incredible uh he is a very impressive individual um and mentally you know and i'm not even gonna say at that age because it's not like he's really that old but um it does you know we we can all see that it's been 
uh, a long stretch for him for sure. But some interesting comments, I think, in terms of just how careful Kyle was to talk about everything, you know, how much he was really willing to let outside the vest. It's clear that Utah is, is intently focused on this week and not going to give Oregon any kind of information that they uh, might be able to use against them. And, you know, for good reason, I think it, it makes sense um, because Utah's, you know, they're they have to win one more still, and this game really matters. And Oregon is a really good football team. We'll talk a little bit more about what uh, what Oregon brings to the table. But very fascinating to me that Utah is a three-point favorite currently, uh, according to betonline.ag. And listen, if you're going to place your bets, you need to go try the new web interface uh, there at BetOnline. With the start of the basketball season, uh, they're adding more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. It remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action left this season. And we only have a limited amount of time where you can get them both. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus when you uh, make your first deposit there. Just use that promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. Again, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC. I think there's even soccer going on still. Uh, you know, maybe you like a little bit of blackjack. There are Vegas casino games all over the place there. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that they have for the rest of this 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Finishing things off here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for joining me here on Tuesdays as we break down what Kyle Whittingham has to say, but also Monday night. There was basketball up on the hill, and uh, I don't know if it was good basketball or bad basketball. It probably depends on what your definition of it, but I will say this. The University of Utah defeated Bethune-Cookman by a score of 86-55, to and as Jake and I talked about previously with this basketball team, there's one particular player that I feel like has to be able to catch fire in order for Utah to really be successful. And they call him World Star Dave, a.k.a. David Jenkins Jr. And he did exactly that on Monday night as he dropped 25 points on Bethune-Cookman on 7 of 10 field goals, 6 of 9 from 3, 5 of 5 from the line, had 5 assists as well, and a rebound in 25 minutes of play. That's some pretty impressive work from, uh, from David Jenkins Jr., Utah really just kind of dominated this one from, uh, you know, from from the get go. It, it really wasn't close. Uh, if you look at, uh, you know, for example, usage rate for for Dave, and I don't know how many of y'all are, are super into uh, usage rate, but it was a fifteen percent rate, so that was pretty good for him. Uh, his effective um, score um, was twenty eight. I think that's pretty good. Uh, Utah was just really dominant in this one. Um, effective field goal percentage was 100% for uh, David Jenkins Jr. So that just kind of gives you an idea of just how efficient, how good he was Monday night. Now, again, Bethune-Cookman, if we're going based on the Ken Palm ratings, is like 350 out of 356. This is not a good basketball team right now. They didn't play last year, as Jake noted uh, the other night when we were talking about this game. You know, Utah was was pretty dynamite throughout the game, uh, although they did start out things a little bit slowly. Uh, this team kind of took off once Dave Jenkins took control, and and that's what they need from him. They need him to go out and be the star and be a shooter. He's not going to have a hundred percent effective field goal percentage every single night. That's just 
you know, that's impossible. Um, but I think that Utah was pretty reliable in this game. 33 points uh, from the bench, 30 points in the paint. Um, you know, did a pretty good job on 12 uh, second chance points. Uh, again, as we look at the, you know, the leaders from the game, Marco Anthony only had two points, uh, four rebounds, one assist, uh, but two blocks in 18 minutes of play. Plus 14 in the plus minus. Riley Batten, five points. Four rebounds, two assists, so, you know, a, a pretty decent effort from him. Our, our guy Brandon Carlson, who we've talked a lot about, had 14 points on 407 uh, shooting from the field, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, had nine rebounds, two assists, and the best part about that was uh, just one foul and two blocks. Um, and I think he's starting to showcase a little bit more, you know, just in 21 minutes, that's a pretty good stat line. He's showcasing his ability to be a playmaker, amongst other things, uh, expecting really big things from Brandon uh, throughout the season. And I think he's continued to be con- the most consistent player for this Utah basketball team. Booth Gotch, 11 points uh, off the bench. And and just, you know, a few other guys, uh, Eli Ballstep finally got in and got some points. Lazar uh, Stefanovich continues to kind of scuffle a little bit. He was two for two from the free throw line, had a couple rebounds and an assist. And, uh, you know, um, 20 minutes, good to get him out there. Uh, Dushan Mahorchic, who is our uh, enforcer, only played uh, – uh, 11 minutes, so not a ton of time for him. Uh, uh, Lahat Chun only paid eight minutes, so kind of an interesting uh, rotation for the University of Utah. I don't know that there's really a ton that you can draw from this game. Other than this, I think Craig Smith is a huge fresh uh, breath of fresh air for Utah fans. Just his energy, his enthusiasm, uh, his animation on the sideline. I, and again, you know, I... I think that uh, Larry Kruskoviak was like that initially. I think over time, people just get tired of seeing the same thing from coaches and they want to see something different. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Craig Smith's charm, his enthusiasm, his energy, he's, he's just, he, he is very carefree in, in knowing who he is and, and how he is. And he's not going to try and change and conform and do anything like that. And so his post games are really fun. And this team plays, you know, in the image of their coach a lot. I think they're playing uh, with a lot of energy and a, and a lot of fun right now. And, and that leads to a, a fun, um, a fun, fun team to watch really, you know, and, and I think they were pretty efficient, you know, again, uh, 1.3 points per possession, um, you know, just <laughs> time leading 38-50. So, so they basically led for 39 minutes of the game. So there was one minute where they didn't lead. Um, but th- they were just really impressive last night, as they should be. And and this is where we're going to start. We'll, we'll find out a little bit more about this team, um, you know, as we go into the heart of the schedule. And, and they do have a couple big games coming up. You know, this was the kickoff to the Sunshine Slam. Uh, it was a very emphatic victory over a team that really, you know, again, like not not expected to be a massive contender right now off the bat. But they're going to have a good one on Saturday against Boston College. Uh, you know, that'll be in Daytona Beach, and then they'll finish out the the rest of the Sunshine, Sunshine Slam there on Sunday with their next opponent. And so that's where we stand right now with this Utah basketball team is is they've had they've done exactly what they were supposed to do through the first first four games. Um, big win over Evelyn Christian, big win over Sacramento State, 
Big win over Bethune-Cookman. And if you're asking yourself, like, why did they schedule these games? The only games that were actually scheduled on the roster uh, when this staff took over was Sacramento State. Um, so so not entirely on them that the, the, the roster or that the schedule was kind of left dry. And, and coming off COVID, I think everybody's schedules were just a little uh, janky. And then the Sunshine Slam, just they were the ones that organized these games. So that's why they're playing Bethune-Cookman in that first round. But Boston College is going to be a good team to compare and see how this Utah team plays. You're going to have to narrow down your rotation a little bit. You'll see how competitive they really are against the P5 uh, style or Quadrant 1 style basketball program. So a lot will be learned in that game on Saturday. You know, win or lose, it's going to be a good thing for this team. And we'll see how they respond to some actual pressure and some actual um, you know, competition. And, and not to say that these teams that they have played have been uh, anti-competition. They just haven't had the talent or, um, you know, the, the depth that Utah has as a basketball program. So we'll see what happens with that. And then, of course, on November 27th, it's at home for BYU. And, and that's when things really start to heat up. Uh, for this team. So good night for the running youths as well. Uh, we'll stay tuned to see what happens with them on Saturday. In the meantime, stay tuned to Locked on Utes this week. Uh, tomorrow we'll have our, our weekly sit down with Sammy Mora. She was up at practice the last uh, couple days uh, getting sound and whatnot. So we'll hear what she has to say in addition to getting her take on some high school playoff stuff and and just everything else that, that Sammy <laughs> comes across with. So be sure to tune in for that one tomorrow. That's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. Make sure that you're tuning into the Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets hosted by your boy. IQ with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Make sure that you're getting all your bet online extra cheddar uh, put on the right spots and the right places. Locked on bets available and free on all platforms. That's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast for November the 16th, 2021. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.